You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Talking Reds baseball today on this Thursday, March 9th. I am joined by Mark Sheldon, as always. Mark, our Reds reporter. And, uh, Mark, we thank you for the time. And want to start off by uh, getting some some uh, injury updates. Uh, guys on the mend, uh, guys still kind of working through some uh, spring training aches and pains. And I want to start off by seeing uh, by getting your thoughts on Dilson Herrera. I know that everybody's eager to see him in the field. He's had plenty of game action so far, eight or nine games in spring training, but at the DH position, still has uh, yet to take the field. The weight continues on that front. Uh, his shoulder was still barking a little bit. Uh, what is his prognosis, and when should we expect to see him in the field? Yeah, the shoulder's not really barking so much anymore. He says he feels good, but uh, he's obviously behind schedule. They have him on a throwing program, and he's doing okay with it but for you know more out of precaution they're they're not rushing him onto the field to, to play second base they're hoping he can get out there soon if he can get out there in the next few days uh then they can start thinking about whether he has a chance to make the team but if it starts going you know a couple more weeks that that could really uh, zing his chances uh, but they're very happy with how he's performing uh offensively they like his attitude they like how he works uh but right now the shoulder is uh, an unfortunate uh setback for him yeah, it certainly seems that way, but he's still able to uh, swing the bat and contribute offensively, which is a good sign as he continues to work his way back and uh, get some reps in on defense. And, uh, Mark, as far as uh, his place on the team, I know that, uh, you know, after the Brandon Phillips trade, everything was kind of set in place with, uh, you know, Jose Peraza at second, Zach Cozart at short, A. Eugenio Suarez at third. So, the natural question is, you know, where does that leave Herrera? Does that leave him as a bench guy, a utility guy, or is there a chance that he may even start the, the season uh, down in AAA? Yeah, they were hoping, I think, when the spring started that they could get a look at Herrera, not only just playing second base, but maybe try him at third base and perhaps the outfield. Uh, the throwing, uh, the shoulder injury kind of put the kibosh on trying other positions of now. Um but the, the real question is, if he can only play second base, would that give him enough at-bats that would require moving Peraza off of second base? And I don't think they want to do that on a regular basis. So uh, it's going to be tough, I would think, for him to make the team strictly as a backup second baseman. There just wouldn't be enough at-bats. They still value him as a, a young, up-and-coming guy. So I think he would probably end up getting his regular at-bats at Louisville and then maybe working him down there at other positions just so he can get comfortable. I think they really would like him to take that Jose Peraza role of last year where Peraza played three positions, three or four positions actually, and moved around and kind of got regular at-bats that way until they could figure out what to do with uh, Cozart or, or, or something like that or if an injury comes up. Yeah, that, I was going to say, that's a valuable piece of insurance to have down in AAA if that is indeed the situation. And, Mark, you mentioned that, you know, Peraza, you know, kind of bounced around the infield last year, had a lot of a defensive versatility, and that's the kind of role that they envision uh, for Dilson Herrera. But of the infield positions, what would you say is the strongest one? For Herrera? Yes. Second base, for sure. He He's pretty much played that with the Mets organization uh, all the way up. He did try some other positions early on in his minor league career, but it seems like he's been strictly a second baseman. The Reds would like to see if they can get him some work elsewhere, but I think in the long-term plans, they, they do envision Jose Peraza at short and, and Herrera at second base. So that's But that's in the future. That's obviously after some, whether it's after this season or after the trade deadline or after spring training, if something happens to another shortstop around the league and they can move Cozart, but Right now, they're very happy with Cozart's performance as well. So it's uh, they're not going to give Cozart the, the heave-ho anytime soon. 
Yeah, uh, it's a tough spot for Herrera, you know, who can certainly be a contributor at the major league level. But for the Reds, it's a great position because they have depth. They have talent at both uh, the major league and AAA level. And uh, like you said, over the course of a season, it can be a slump, an injury, both. Uh, There will be a spot for Herrera at some point. It seems like it's just a matter of when. Uh, Mark, also some uh, disappointing news on the uh, pitching front. Uh, In particular, Anthony DiSclafani, he is – Pretty much been ruled out of making the start on opening day. Nothing official yet, but it would seem that uh, he's not going to be on the hill come opening day. His uh, elbow soreness has pushed him back to the point where he just is not going to get enough work in this spring to justify that start on opening day. Now, Brian Price flat out said, I don't know when when asked, you know, who is going to make the opening day start. But, of course, somebody has to. It's not going to be me. It's not going to be you. So I'll put the question to you. Who is it going to be? I would speculate that it's going to be uh, Brandon Finnegan, who obviously had a nice year last year, 172 innings. Uh, he would be the the guy I would think that would get it, and he's obviously here, and he's been going through the camp as normal. Uh, Di Scalfani, I think, won't miss a start as a result of his elbow tenderness. He's going to make his first start tentatively on Monday against Oakland. Uh, he's throwing in the bullpen for the second time on Friday. Um, what, what could end up very well happening is, with the, especially with the early off days, he could end up being slotted into the third, fourth, or fifth spot and just not start opening day but get his 30 starts. And he was disappointed because he was supposed to start on opening day last year, got all the way to the almost the end of camp, and then got hurt in his final start when he strained his oblique and then missed two months. So he, he feels like uh, opening day is like a white whale that he can't quite catch up to, and uh, he's hoping maybe it'll be in the cards for him in the future. Yeah, certainly. And uh, is there any you know particular – concern with uh Di Sclafani right now of, of course he's had the elbow soreness but is that is that totally behind him and it's just now a matter of being totally healthy and and catching up or is there still some concern that the elbow was not quite 100 percent no he's been checked out fine uh he was examined by Dr. Kremchek and there's no problems he feels good he had a, a, a solid uh, first bullpen session he was excited to get throwing again and now it's just a matter of him getting stretched out. He's not going to if he get, if he starts on Monday. That's the 13th. That would give him only a little over two weeks to get his starts in. Uh, they really like to have their starters get four or five starts and then get up to five or six innings. And usually the first starts one or two innings, and then they work their way up. So it, it would be very difficult for him to get completely stretched out in time for opening day. Yeah, that's true. I think yeah, the the bigger uh, you know relief is that uh, he is healthy. Uh, he's just simply behind, and he needs some time to catch up. And unfortunately, there's not enough time on the calendar to justify him being on the mound for opening day. But the the bigger goal here, the bigger picture, is that he is healthy and he should be okay. Uh, Mark, on the flip side, some guys uh, on the mend, uh, in particular, uh, both Bronson Arroyo and Devin Mazzarocco. They both get on the field for the first time this spring. A couple of days ago, and it was uh, intra-squad competition for both guys, but I still think some very important steps forward uh, for two players looking to get back to their former selves. Uh, what were their takeaways uh, following their first game action of the spring? Both felt good. They were they were happy with how they did. Arroyo is throwing 83 miles an hour, which is a little lower than he would want, but he, he's looking maybe this season to be between 83 and 85, 86 perhaps. Uh, he's now slated, actually, after that start, he's going to start on Sunday against the Brewers and pitch one or two innings. Uh, that'll be his first Cactus League game. But he, he said he just felt good, and now it's just a matter of getting his endurance up and, and going longer. Uh, for Mezzarocco, he said he wasn't in great baseball shape in terms of playing. You know, He struck out and is at one at-bat. He, he caught for Arroyo. 
Uh, he's a, he knows he has to catch up a little bit baseball-wise after really not playing much the last few seasons. But physically, he feels great. He's had no setbacks. His shoulder feels good. His hips feel good. Uh, he could get into a game sometime in the middle or the end of next week is what they're hoping for. It's what he's hoping for. Uh, that remains to be seen. They don't have anything official yet, and they, they anticipate that he could still possibly be ready by opening day, uh, and he can catch up as well. Uh, if not, and they feel like they need to give him more time, you know, in spring, extended spring or in Louisville, then they would look to either Stuart Turner or Rob Brantley to be the backup behind Tucker Barnhart. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a picture that needs to be put together uh, for Brian Price and the Reds right now with that catching spot. But uh, so far, good signs for Mesoraco after missing considerable time uh, with some aches and pains. And for Bronson Arroyo, too, at the uh, the age of 40, looking to come back and uh, be something resembling his former self. And uh, so far, so good for uh, Mr. Arroyo there. And, Mark, to begin to wrap up here, I'm uh, asking all of the uh, NL Central reporters this week just to get their take from a team perspective about the the World Baseball Classic, because I'm always curious to know, you know, if this is an event uh, that players who are not competing in it, if it's something that they follow, is it is it something that's, you know, on in the clubhouse in the morning? Is it something that they talk about? Is it something that where they, they track their native country, they might track a teammate and there's interest there? Or is it perhaps on the flip side, something that they really don't care about because they're not competing in it and they have uh, business to tend to just with their major league team. What would you say is the uh, kind of the dynamic there where the world baseball classic is concerned? I would say that it's on in the clubhouse for sure. Like the games from Asia, especially in the morning, they are on, uh, but they're on in the same way that during a regular season game, the guys will be watching baseball in the clubhouse. I mean, baseball players love baseball. They'll watch any game. I haven't seen a whole lot of uh, interest in terms of national pride or anything like that just yet. There's only a couple of Reds that are actually participating in the World Baseball Classic. Uh, but the, the one guy I, I did talk to actually uh, is John Moscott. He's injured. He's in minor league camp recovering from Tommy John surgery. But he was expected before his injury to, to pitch for Team Israel. And I, I was able to go over to his, uh, his, his, his condo here in Arizona at 2.30 in the morning Arizona time, and we watched uh, a few innings of Arizona against I mean, uh, Israel versus Korea. And uh, and then, you know, I wrote a story about that, and, and actually I just saw him today, and now that Israel has uh, swept through their pool, Moscot was pretty pumped up. He was thrilled for Israel. He's become friends with a lot of those guys, uh, like Cody Decker and Ike Davis. So he, he's really rooting those guys on. He has a an Israeli flag hanging over his television. He's, he's watched all all of the games so far that have been on uh, on and on on the MLB TV. So he's he's really invested in it. So uh, for at least one red is definitely uh, high on the World Baseball Classic for sure. But I think others do pay attention and they watch it because they like baseball and they. I think it'll get more interesting as they they get into later into the rounds and there's more at stake. Yeah, I, I think so too, and I think that uh, Israel is quickly becoming the underdog uh, darlings of the tournament. They're three and zero. Maybe they're not underdogs. Maybe they should be a favorite. Uh, they've looked really good so far. And Mark, I know that uh, you know there have come times in your your travels over the years where you've you've still been covering games at two thirty in the morning. Have you ever started watching a game at two thirty in the morning uh, prior to your your uh, little meeting there with Mr. Moscott? That was a first for sure. <laughs> I've I've never. I had to bed at 8 o'clock on Sunday night. I woke up around 1.30 and got ready and went over to his house and then watched a little bit, you know, about four innings of the game with him. And then he had to go to bed because he had to get up and work out the next day. And then I went back to my place and I wrote the story and I went to bed around 5, 
So that was a def- definitely a new uh, experience for me as a writer. Yeah, I bet it was. There's always a first, uh, no matter how many years, how many games you, you do uh, covering this job. But uh, that's something certainly for the memory bank and a, and a good spot to wrap this one up there as uh, Israel is uh, on their way to uh, to semifinal or second round play in the World Baseball Classic. We'll see how far they can go. Mark Sheldon, a pleasure as always. We'll do it again at this time next week. In the meantime, Matt Wehmeyer signing off for MLB.com Extras, Cincinnati Reds. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.